um, welcome to the show, uh, Jason Kalipa. No, Ackerman, sorry. <laughs> Close, we look very much alike. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so Jason, who are you? Well, that's a deep question there. That's a very deep question, but I think for your listeners, for your podcast, um, I can keep it very fitness related. So I'm a level four CrossFit coach, been doing this thing since 2006. And before that, this is all I know, fitness and entrepreneurship and helping others become better. That's really, you know, I've been privileged that my entire life, you know, my claim to fame is never having to get a quote unquote real job, just always chasing my passion. Yeah, cool. So, um, uh, what, what are you doing right now? Other than being on a podcast with you? Yeah, like what, what are you chasing right now? The, the biggest thing I'm doing right now is my partner and I, for best hour of their day, Jason Fernandez, we're working on uh, a coaching platform for affiliate owners. So, you know, we've been doing our podcast for nearly two years. We have close to 400 episodes out there and it's something that we started simply because we were passionate about helping box owners, helping coaches, and even just helping the average member who's willing to listen to us talk for 30 to 45 minutes nearly every day. And just like CrossFit, it was one of those things where you kind of show up, you keep putting something out there and eventually people are like, Hey, I need you to do this. You know, for CrossFit, it was, I need you to create some sort of seminar or course so I can learn this thing and teach others. And for us, it was, people asking us, you know, how can we learn more from you? How can we get better at owning a box? How can we get better at coaching? And we were like, all right, people need it. People keep asking, we're, we're going to do it. And, you know, hopefully by the middle of November. So within two weeks from now, I don't know when this will go live, but within two weeks, we're going to have our platform available. We're going to be taking on clients We're we're limiting the number of people that we're working with so we can over deliver and, and one thing we've learned is, as you probably know at, at an affiliate, it's you really want to work with the people that want to work with you. And we want to make sure we're working with the right people who live by the same values that we do. And for that reason, we're going to keep it pretty small, pretty intimate, but we're super excited about it. Yeah, so it's, um, it's in the direction of um, uh, mentorship uh, and, uh, yeah, business coaching uh, or is it coaches coaching it's it's really a little of everything it's primarily for the box owner so it's a 12-week course they're going to get uh, weekly one-on-one -on -one calls they're going to get group calls we're going to have a group that they can chime in on and there's also going to just be a 12-week course on the back end where there's videos there's homework etc the first six weeks are really geared towards doing the right things at the box systems, protocols, implementation of that. And then the second half is really all about developing as a coach and helping you develop your coaching staff. So a pretty robust 12 weeks. And we say 12 weeks because that's the anticipated time it will take for people to go through it. But you know, it's, it's really at your own pace. So if, if 12 weeks is a little too ambitious, it can be 16 or 20, but the point is they're going to get the entire value of our coaching platform and just however long it takes them to work their way through it it's better off 
going slow, methodical, then rushing through. We really want people to, to grasp it all. And we're confident that when all is said and done, their box is going to be way more successful. And more importantly, they're going to be having a lot more fun. No one opens a CrossFit affiliate to work 24 hours a day and, and hate their lives. You know, everybody does it because we think this is going to be amazing. We think we're going to have fun and, and somewhere along the line for a lot of people that gets lost. Yeah, I, I think it's true. And um, I think it's also, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I had this uh, conversation recently also with, uh, when you talk with your members and uh, about what their expectations might be, um, and it's, it comes down to this that, uh, you know, yeah, it's nice to see it, you go to a, a box somewhere and the owner is there, 6 a.m., he opens up, he's cleaning the toilet, he's showing you the snatch, um, he, he is... Um, uh, doing everything he's mailing you he's uh, sending you love letters he's uh, doing you know he's there all, all all the time and that's really nice really passionate really good and everyone would like to have that coach uh, in one sense right but you don't want to have that coach if that means that this coach is ruining his, his life <laughs> and he's burning out on both ends and uh, this is something, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I guess a lot of box owners uh, go through is like, yeah, you need to understand, you need, you need to be able to step out uh, uh, or have the possibility to choose what you want to do. So um, I know you, you've been working a bit with uh, Chris uh, Cooper before uh, when you had the box, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris was a big help. Chris and Two Brain Business, I was one of his very first clients. Yeah, and uh, uh, and definitely someone uh, I'm looking uh, for a lot of inspiration too. He was also on the podcast there, uh, like uh, two, two years ago. <laughs> uh, we're not as productive as you are, so. Um, but yeah, um, definitely that's uh, he has a lot of good points that. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you have family and everything, there are many good things you need to embrace as a business owner. And it's um, also something I paraphrase from my, one of my friends who uh, he runs a design agency. And he says, like, you know, uh, if you are mad at your employees or you're mad at whatever it is at your business, it's only your fault because it, it's your business. You can choose what you want to do with the business. Like if you don't want to have employees, don't have employees. Um, but if you want to be on the lay on the beach, then uh, make make it possible so you can be on the beach. But uh, don't go around and complain about it. You need to. You can cho choose what you want to do. That's the kind of, um, yeah, liberty. I firmly agree with that. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Jocko Willink, but he, you know, his book, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. That's something I, we try to teach entrepreneurs and specifically box owners, you know, Fern and I, one of the things we teach people, A, is understanding who you serve. And we understand, hey, we serve box owners. We're not trying to help any other entrepreneurs. You can run a design agency, you can run a restaurant, great. 
we work with CrossFit affiliates. But one of the things within that, that we really try to help people understand, like you just said, is if you're a leader, you have to understand you are responsible for you and your entire business. And you can't be, you, Hey, you're allowed to be mad at your coaches. You're allowed to, you know, be frustrated. But at the end of the day, remember you're the leader, you take ownership of it. And ultimately everything falls on you. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a blessing and a curse to be a, any sort of business owner, but I think it becomes a whole lot easier when you just accept I am responsible. I take ownership and I've, I've done it in the past where, you know, I get mad at my coaches for, you know, doing something that I didn't think was right. And then you realize, okay, that's on me because I didn't educate them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I, I know you talk from experience, uh, for the listeners, uh, It's good to know. I mean, you you uh, owned three gyms uh, and so sold three gyms, so or boxes. So you have some experience on this side, and also you've had a lot of staff. You've gone through all the pains of um, <laughs> of creating a monster and trying to put on a leash. Uh, I guess after a while, when you start to notice that everything is just going out of control. So, um, I mean, you experienced this and gone through all the mistakes uh, <laughs> that, um, yeah, it costed you a lot of time and uh, and effort and everything. So, um, this is the main reason why I think it's uh, so valuable to listen to you guys um, because. Um, that might mean I don't have to do the same mistakes again. <laughs> so. Yeah, Fern and I had a recent podcast where we talked about all of the mistakes we've made. And he had this list of about 20 mistakes. And he asked me, did you make this one? And I think 100% of them were yes. And that's the point. You mm. know, there's other great coaching out there. Two Brain is one of them. There's this you know, probably another dozen. And, and, and I'm sure they're all great. But the one thing Fern and I have over any of them is between the two of us, we've owned five affiliates. And between the two of us, we've sold four affiliates. And, you know, between the two of us, we've made every single mistake. And I think that's a good thing because those mistakes are what taught us the lessons. And our goal is to be able to teach people, you do not need to make the same mistakes we did. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, which I, I, I started with uh, the Jason Kalipa joke, uh, I, I heard it hit the home run, but um, he actually, uh, did you listen to his um, podcast with Savan? Uh, I, I, I've not listened to it yet. No, I saw that that came out. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, I stumbled across uh, that podcast and it was really good because uh, you really get uh deep into uh i mean it's the first really deep podcast with Kalipa, i would say and um but he says from his uh, experience now in 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 the um well nc fit history is like he whatever he values the most now when he's uh, he started with his par partnership program is um staffing Uh, manuals and like to create a roadmap for your staff and 
and like what rules do you have for your coaches what rules do you have for this and so on so that's like one of the key points uh, from Kalipa's point, point of view that he never had so he was constantly yeah putting himself in in bad situations because of mm-hmm. that and uh, that's something he wants you know to spare from yeah that experience he wants to spare for for other people so uh, join the partnership program for for that um but yeah no i i i think he's uh, doing a great job too so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes um but um i, I wanted to transcend to uh, a bit of uh, bad news also i i saw today san francisco crossfit announced they're closing their doors i saw uh, that as well yeah um yeah what's your thoughts well, I, I I didn't see much other than a post. One of my friends, Debbie, uh, taught there, and I saw that she posted something. So I didn't see much beyond that. I mean, it's probably a little bit different than most CrossFits, as it was Kelly Sturettes, and you know Kelly's probably going to be okay without his CrossFit affiliate. But it's it's still indicative of the times. It's it's tough to be a box owner. It's tough to be a small business owner. Period. Right now. And, you know, California has been hit really hard and I'm not exactly sure what the rules and regulations are these days, but I'm sure everything's being, you know, operated at a reduced capacity, if at all. And yeah, it's just really hard. It's, it was probably one of the first, what, 100 affiliates open. So it's, it's, it's certainly saddening to see it go. You know, like I said, the light at the end of the tunnel is, it was Kelly's and, he's got plenty to fall back on, but, um, you know, you still feel for the coaching staff, you feel for the membership base and yeah, it's, it's a, it's sad and strange times. And of course, I don't know when this is going up, but tomorrow's either going to be, you know, I mean, best being in Germany right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not not often you say, Hey, you're better off being in Germany. (laughs) Well, the, I, yeah, I think I think we're maybe we're uh, having a bit easier here for sure. Uh, better social security uh, measures and um, yeah, a lot of help from the state, I guess. Um, but yeah, we just started our second lockdown today, so um, yeah, so it's it's definitely. And they said it's going to be four weeks. Um, I'm kind of counting. So they said last time. <laughs> exactly right. so I, I'm, I'm counting on having like huge restrictions until april again or even may um but yeah that's how we uh, how, how how it is um and yeah it's i guess something we're going to talk about too um but uh then uh, i also discovered now because I've, I've heard you've been uh, sniffing around the carnivore stuff uh mm-hmm. not, for, not for a while and then i saw to my pleasure you were talking to uh mr saladino uh on the podcast dr uh, saladino yeah dr saladino and um um yeah we had the uh sean baker uh on this podcast so um i guess it's very carnivorish right now all in the crossfit scene <laughs> um but yeah, so um, Sean Baker, he wants to go for the CrossFit Games uh, as a Masters athlete. 
So uh, I, this is just my thought. Um, he, I think he needs a good CrossFit coach. And I thought uh, maybe Jason would be a good CrossFit coach for him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know much about Sean Baker. I mean, I know he's the carnivore guy, and I know he's a, a pretty decent athlete. I don't know what his age group is, but hey, I, I think I, I know enough to get him ready for the Masters. Sure, sure. Connect me with him. Yeah, and uh, no, I just thought because of the experience you have now and and um, obviously to have a bit more um, track uh, track record on it will will be uh, a good help to him. Um, but yeah, so um, what what made you come into the carnivore diet actually? You know, I had seen it in passing from Joe Rogan in January, you know, typically January is considered world carnivore month and he did it. And then Mark Bell was probably the bigger influence. He started in January and I believe he went about a hundred days and it was during the quarantine here. You know, it was, yeah. I was just letting myself, I wouldn't say go, but I was definitely being lenient with my nutrition and mm. I was training in my extra bedroom You know, I was limited to a couple sets of dumbbells and a kettlebell and I was just lacking motivation. So that was, you know, from March through June. And then my wife and I moved in July, we bought a new house and I was like, okay, I need to do something. I joined the local box, which I now coach at. And one morning we were just sitting there and I kept saying, you know, I'm going to do this carnivore thing one day. And my wife typically calls me out on that kind of nonsense of like making excuses. And she was like, just start today. And I said, yeah, I guess I have no reason not to. And I, and I did, and I've not looked back and that was, you know, almost four months ago now. So I've actually done it longer than Mark Bell did. <laughs> yeah. Is he, and, um, you talked about motivation there in, in the quarantine. Um, Yeah, what would have helped you to keep the motivation up? I don't know what could have helped during that quarantine. It was tough. I, I really am someone that thrives off of the community and going to class. We have a garage gym. I rarely use it. It's there in case I need it in a pinch, but I really prefer going to class. I prefer being around the community. That's where I get my energy I push myself harder seeing other people working out and trying to keep up with them or beat them. And it was tough. I, th I think it, it was definitely a hard time. And you hear people talk about it. You hear people, there's definitely something real about people being depressed and, you know, struggling during this time. And, you know, not, we don't need to get political on your show, but there's definitely, there's definitely, pros and cons to this thing. I understand we're trying to prevent this, you know, the spread of a virus, but at the same time, I think we have to be aware of the other complications we're causing in this world. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it is, as you said, it's become very politicized and, um, this is something I, I said, um, well, I told my wife was, uh, something that I'm, I'm puking on is, companies getting political but i also th think it's cowardly when uh like uh 
a, a company owner can't have a private opinion if you know what i mean so yeah it's uh, tough because you know i think recently i saw in the news you know the owner of home depot came out pro-trump yeah. you know and then people are bashing him and boycotting home depot you know i'm someone who can really separate everything in this life but i can separate your political views from whether or not i need to go buy a hammer you know and um yeah i think it's important to take a stand i think we did with best hour of their day at first we were very pro you know shut down for two weeks and then that two-week shutdown you know went six months which none of us were expecting and i think our stance changed especially like you mentioned with I mean, hundreds of CrossFit affiliates shutting down and the government kind of saying what should and shouldn't be open. And probably the biggest frustration of it is you're just not hearing talk about health. You know, you're, we're hearing talk about wear a mask and shutting down and all of these things that I believe are important. Don't get me wrong, but, but no one's saying, Hey, how about you eat right? How about you exercise daily? And how about you get some vitamin D? And I don't think that, stops the spread but i think it keeps people healthier yeah so this this is my uh, i mean i i've been ranting about this not because i i, I think i have such a uh, let's say that i'm specifically born uh, intelligent and understand everything more better but i think it's just so much low-hanging fruit out there you mentioned vitamin d is one of these so now we have study after study showing uh, specifically for the coronavirus how it's preventing the spread of it. it it's uh, keeping people from the ICU uh, and, and it's saving people in the ICU that get injected with <laughs> vitamin D. So we have all this proof now, but I'm not hearing a single politician or single government say, uh, hey, people, you need to eat vitamin D or, hey, wait a minute, there's a super simple way to do this. 20 minutes in the sun. 20 minutes yeah. in the sun. <laughs> I mean, I went for two walks so far today and it's not because I want to walk. It's yeah. because I want to get vitamin D and when we're done recording, I'll probably do one more time. And, you know, this has really opened my eyes to that. I think, you know, when you go back to the carnivore thing that you asked me, part of it was definitely realizing I wasn't being unhealthy. I mean, I was eating pretty good during the quarantine, but, you know, and mm. compared to the world, I was still in the top 99% of training and eating right. But I realized, okay, I need to be really at the top of my game right now because there is this threat out there. And should I catch it? I want to be in the best possible situation I can be, which is, you know, eating the right foods and, and exercising and, and just doing the right things. And, every day that's my number one priority yeah and and this is the terrible part as you said we have hundreds of gyms uh closing and some of them closing for forever like uh san francisco crossfit now they had before the lockdown they had over 700 people training at the gym and they had um i don't know it's over 700 people now that at least we can almost guarantee say have worse metabolic health uh, now than before mm -hmm. and um now like yesterday um one of my coaches sent me a couple of studies 
where they've studied the spread of coronaviruses inside fitness facilities here in Germany. And it's, uh, it's below almost any other area. And still, um, I mean, I think we can, uh, everyone in the, in the CrossFit scene knows that, okay, we should not be really thought of as fitness studios or global gyms, but rather as, you know, uh, yeah, small, small group, uh, training isolated, we can keep track on people and everything. But even with the global gyms in that, I mean, there are most of the people in that study are in global gyms. Still, the, 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 the rate of infection is simply much lower than the, than the R value that they are uh, afraid of. So it's 0 0.43 or something like that. So it's uh, almost nothing. And I've been uh, reaching out also to, to uh, Sweden to, to uh, cross the boxes there. They didn't have any lockdown. The gyms have been fully open, all boxes. They're doing high fives <laughs> right now in, in November. They started with like, hey, we're not going to do high fives anymore. But they've been doing uh, high fives, everything through uh, the entire, uh, like uh, the first wave, so to say. And uh, no masks, nothing. And uh, I'm reaching out to these boxes and I'm asking like, how many Corona patients did you have? How many members died from your box? And it's zero, like, <laughs> there. I mean, we know how this community is. It's, it's such a tight community that if we would lose one member, that would be a huge tragedy. Meaning we would alarm all the other boxes saying like, hey guys, we need to step back. This is dangerous. It's spreading inside our facilities. This is not, uh, we need to shut down or we need to do something, but uh, that's not been the case. There have been some uh, infections in in Norway in one box, but that's that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, now uh, now we're in this um, position where we're uh, forced to shut down again, and um, again we have a, a lot of people, uh, yeah, losing motivation and. Again, they, they can't go and train as they are used to. And um, I guess for majority of the people that don't train or they have a gym membership, um, they just relate fitness to gym membership. This is like a, a yeah, guilt-free card or something like that. <laughs> and they're like, you know, why are you so upset? You know, now you don't have to have a bad conscience that you're not using your membership. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, those aren't the people we're trying to, I mean, we're trying to help everybody, but, yeah. you know, we want the people that understand this and are willing to do everything they can to stay healthy. So what, what kind of strategies have you seen that have been working well now with, because, I mean, you know, a lot of boxes, you know, a lot of, people all over this, uh, the world, but in, in the States, I guess the most. Um, so what, what have you seen like good strategies from, from the boxes? You know, I don't think it takes much. I think it's just potentially, you know, being aware of how big you are and knowing how many people you can safely accommodate, which 
on the flip side is good for boxes because it's forcing them to coach people rather than having massive classes. And I never feel uncomfortable at the box, whether I'm taking class or, or coaching. I, I, you know, a barbell six feet long and, you know, it's so long as you're not, we're not really sharing equipment like we used to. I think, you know, boxes are doing an even better job than usual of wiping things down and, other than you're breathing heavy and supposedly this thing is airborne until recently, we keep the door open anyway. I think it's just be smart. You know, don't like you said, don't high five and maybe do a few fist bumps if you, if you must, but be smart about it. You know, get your spaces. We really, I mean, we, we wear masks in, we wear masks out, but once you're at your spot, your masks are off and it's just, it, it doesn't take much. You know, I think, I think, and, and really, who knows? I don't, you know, whatever you believe, if there will or won't be a vaccine, et cetera. Like I said, the healthier you go into this, if you are going to get it, which potentially we all will at some point, and that's what we eventually need, right? To get uh, herd immunity or whatever they call it. I'm not a, I'm certainly not a doctor with this stuff. I just, catch most of my news on Joe Rogan. So I don't know, you know if I know a whole lot about it, but point is, you know, the, the best thing you can be doing is the CrossFit prescription, you know, eat meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, keep intake to levels that support exercise, not body fat. Boom. Do that. You know, breathe heavy a couple times in a week, lift some heavy weights a couple times a week you know, go for some walks, keep your stress low, get a good night's sleep, things you should be doing anyway. And if you're not doing those things, it just puts you at a bigger risk. And ultimately that's up to you, whether it's Corona or type two diabetes or heart disease, something's going to get you. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, during lockdowns, um, have you seen any good strategies there uh, uh, from from boxes to kind of survive the? It, it was market? tough. I saw you know during the initial quarantine, everyone was doing Zoom calls, and the challenge there is just keeping your members motivated. It's hard. I mean, I had dumbbells, I had kettlebells, I had a Peloton bike. And, and it was tough. I really had to be self-disciplined and self-motivated. I think, I think the most important thing you can do as a box owner, a coach is lead by example, you know, let your members know, Hey, this is hard for everybody, you know, good timing to do a nutrition check, potentially a challenge group calls, you know, do your workouts, maybe have a group call two or three times a week, just to have, you know, like almost like when you, when you go to school and there's like office hours for your professor, like I'm there from five to seven o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, talk to your members, check in with them. Cause I'll tell you what, a big majority of them are hurting and knowing that they have someone you're lucky. I'm lucky. We're married. You know, I have a family that I talk to virtually, but there are people out there that have no one. And those are the people that their CrossFit community is what keeps them motivated every day and now all of a sudden they have nothing and it's important for them to realize hey coach is still here for you your community is still here seeing other people that are 
you know, in the same boat as you, it's, it really, it, it's important for them. So lead by example, you know, be there for your community and hopefully when all of this passes, you know, by the end of the, well, I was going to say year, it's not going to be 2020, but sometime in 2021, they remember that. And, you know, you have a member for life because you kept them, you kept their spirits high during this tough time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have probably similar experiences uh, without uh, having lockdowns, but like, yeah, members going through tough times and um, there was only one guy that was smiling at the point it was called Jason, right? So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, ultimately we do this thing, we coach because we care about other people, you know, typically that care manifests in exercise and fitness but sometimes it manifests in mental health and being a support system for these people, you know, and bonus points, if you can get them to do a few burpees along the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I was thinking of this also from like a coach's perspective, uh, having a lockdown and um, quarantine, or if it's a, I don't know, half, half lockdown. I don't know, um, how, uh, how coaches can also kind of use this time in a better way. So instead of losing their motivation where they are, I don't know, looking into a wall and saying like, shit, I can't go to the gym or I can't coach classes. I like I did. Um, uh, I see this like a uh, chance opportunity to, actually learn something new like take take a course take a class uh take whatever you can do to kind of educate yourself now and um in our case um, we are like we we're, we're we moved all our group members into um virtual uh, pt so we're PTing all our members now and that's a huge workload on on the coaches like because well, we're doing that one-on-one now but it's a great opportunity for us to get to know our members much much better and um so it, it's already a strain on the coaches but uh, i'm also trying to motivate them to what else can you do now like to develop yourself because uh because now the, the the beauty of it is you don't have to coach classes from 6 a.m um and you don't have to be there until 9 p.m you can kind of move your day as you want because there are no classes um so yeah it frees up some time if you want to yeah this is like you said the time to really grow your knowledge as a coach you know we often develop as a coach in that classroom which is like you know, getting better at something by taking a test. You don't always get better in that moment. You get better in the studying for it. And some low-hanging fruit that I always try to tell people to do in the CrossFit world, especially is, you know, there's nine foundational movements. If you took your level one or you've gone through an on-ramp, you've probably learned an air squat, front squat, overhead squat, press, push, press, push, jerk, deadlift, sumo type pull, med ball clean. So if I was a coach, A, First step, memorize those nine movements. Okay, now I know those. Secondly, what I would tell them is, okay, now let's just use one example, the air squat. I would say, 
now you know the air squad. I need you to know the setup, the execution, and the points of performance at the air squad. So 99% of level one trainers do not know that. I don't know how many listeners you have and how many of them are level one trainers. But right now, I'm asking you, do you know the points of performance of the air squad? And I'm guaranteeing you, most of your listeners are shaking their head no and thinking, how does this guy know? Because I've been around enough people. So let's, let's dive in. The points of performance of the air squat. Weight in the heels, knees track the toes, full range of motion, midline stabilization, proper line of action. Boom. Five points of performance. Okay. So what does that mean? Now when I watch someone do an air squat, I know I need to think about these five things. Now what I would tell you is how would you teach that? So you know the five points of performance. I, I always say heels, knees, depth, arch, line of action. That's my way of remembering the five points of performance. So how do I teach weight in the heels? All right, you know, so-and-so, you're, you know, you're standing there. I need you to wiggle your toes. Great. Now I need you to push your knees out over your toes. You know, so you're teaching these movements, but I want you to think about what happens when I don't see these. So someone's squatting and their weight's in their toes. You need to have a verbal, meaning you need to be able to talk to them. You need to have a visual, meaning you need to demonstrate to them. And you need to have a tactile, meaning you need to be able to touch them. Three different unique ways of fixing that fall, right? That's for one fall, weight in the, weight in the heels. Now we need it for knees. Now we need it for depth. Now we need it for midline stabilization. Now we need it for line of action. Cool. We've just done one movement out of nine. Yeah. Do that for every movement. And then when you show up at the box again, I like to say, you know, your eyes are just a little wider open. You see things a little bit better, a little bit clearer, a little bit faster. Yeah, uh, I think that's a really good lesson. Uh, it's so, uh, you don't have to overcomplicate it. And um, brings me back to, um, do you know Rob Lawson? Uh, yeah, of course, from CrossFit Aberdeen, right? Yeah. Um, he's he, he told me this. He's He has... Well, he, he when he was bored at some point, he 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 took a paper and he he did like the same thing with push jerk, uh, yeah, with with all 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 the nine foundational movements, and he he put three um, three verbal cues, three um, uh, three um, tactile cues, <laughs> and three demonstrating cues on on each fault that he could think of. So he had like a long, long, long list of different cues he could, you know, go back to. Of course, you're not gonna uh, remember all the cues, but um, you're gonna be able to uh, at least remember a couple of them. And then that's gonna be a huge uh, um, help when you're on the floor and need to act fast. And Yeah, you know. and, and you know, you the more you have a handful of cues, I like to tell people it's like a toolbox, you kind of walk in with your toolkit and you're kind of, oh, wait, I got to pull out a verbal cue. Here it is. I got to pull out a tactile cue. Here it is. And there's never a limit to those. You're only limited by your creativity. You know, obviously wiggle your toes or, you know, weight in the heels, simple stuff works, short, specific, and actionable. Three words or less, you know, give me a body part, tell me what to do with it. But the, we always ask people, what's the best cue? The one that works. And, you know, for Susan in the corner, that might be, hey, I need to touch her knees. 
for Johnny in the other corner, that might be Johnny, you know, spread the mats apart, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's really, there's, there's no limit to it. And, that, and that's, what's so fun about coaching. I, I think I'll, I need to, uh, need to do that myself. Also, you always have to, uh, practice what you preach. Yeah. So, so. Always. <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, a bit of different theme. Um, did you watch the CrossFit games? Bits and pieces of it. My wife had it on the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, so you're not a big fan of Matt Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of all of the athletes. It's just, you know, having done this for so long, it's exciting to watch. I like it. I'm not a huge fan of sitting down and watching fitness to me what crossfit represents and is helping people change their lives and don't get me wrong what those people do is absolutely freakish and amazing and yeah when i sat down that was what was on for the weekend but i'm not the guy that knows all the stats uh, about the athletes i'm super impressed by what matt and tia are accomplishing they are the two fittest human beings on this planet without a doubt. Yeah, no, uh, I'm a, a bit in the same camp. I'm, I'm, I was mostly just super positively surprised about the newcomers um, to see that happening. But at the same time, what happened was um, the couch uh, is gone on uh, CrossFit.com. So they, I did notice, yeah, they, they, they've made a bit of a change on the website, which is different. Obviously the new CEO is, I believe kind of putting the games, I wouldn't say at the top, but definitely highlighting it a bit more. And I think that's important. I think, look, Eric Rose is amazing. He cares about the sport. You saw him doing those workouts, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I think, It, the beauty of anything with CrossFit is there's rarely a right or wrong. There's rarely a black or white. I always tell people if you're doing things for the right reasons and because you think it's going to be what sparks a, a change in people, go for it. And who am I to tell Eric what's most important? I think, I think you need those games to pull people in. And if people are pulled in, you know where they're going to go to affiliates. Yeah. No, I, th I thought it was cool. They, they had like a, on the front page now and all their uh ads they did during the games uh it was these kind of testimonial stories success stories for members and um it was always like uh find your local box um tagged on it so uh i guess he wanted to kind of really put that in front too that this is where it begins and and so on so it's pretty Pretty cool. Um, so yeah, um, what do you think is going to happen? Um, happen to the games, or do you care? <laughs> I wouldn't say I don't care. I would say what you know. I don't have a vested interest in it. I think I think they're going to grow. I think you know, like any sport, this year was tough. But you know, what out of dozens if not more sports there's been a handful that have come back and crossfit was one of them so especially considering how small we are in the whole 
world of the you know sports and how new we are. I mean, we're, you got to look at it. CrossFit's what the games are 13, 14 years in, if that. So I think it was impressive what, what Dave Castro pulled off and what the entire team pulled off to begin with. And hopefully by next year, we're, we're out of this thing. And with Eric Rosa at the helm, we're only going to grow. I think, you know, shortly the games will be, you know, on, on true broadcast TV, be it ESPN or CBS, you know, well, right now we're kind of on the smaller channels and YouTube, et cetera, but it's a matter of time before it's even bigger. It's a matter of time before the, the prize purse goes up even more. Like right now, the top two or three are making enough to make it their full-time job. But within a, within a few years, you know, many people will be able to train for CrossFit full-time. Yeah. Uh, doesn't uh, Eric Clubrosa live somewhere close to you? Yeah, he's about 20 minutes away. All right. So you can... You can uh, talk talk him straight if something. Yeah, if he, if he messes up, I'll I'll give him some feedback. Don't you worry. <laughs> hey, we we talked about this in the best hour of the day. Um, so um, one idea. Um, so because you have a big audience, I, I thought you should uh, start to announce that we, there should be like a CrossFit Carnivore Month. You know, I'm not opposed to that. That's a good idea. What what month would it be? Maybe Jan. I mean, January is World Carnivore Month. We might as well tag yeah. on to that. Um, you know, I think with nutrition, the one thing I've learned is, A, it needs to be long-term and sustainable, and B, you can't plug a square peg into a round hole. And yeah. just because it's working for me, I love it. But don't get me wrong, there's downfalls. I missed, you know, my wife's pregnant. She was eating cookies the other day. And, you know, I was eating, you know, salmon or something. So... There's, there's downfalls, but there is, I think whenever I tell people about it and they're like, oh, that sounds hard. Or what about this? I'm like, any diet you choose will have its limitations. There's no diet that's like, oh, wait, I can eat all the ice cream I want. No, that's not a diet. So, I mean, unless you're trying to gain weight. Yeah, certainly then, then go for it. But I can tell the listeners this as someone that's tried every diet I'm a big fan of macros. Macros work for me. I still coach many people in macros. I'm a big believer in it. But carnivore for me has reduced inflammation. It's provided me with a ton of energy. I feel great during the workouts. I feel great with, during the day. And I've had a lot of stomach issues. And carnivore has really cleared it up to the point I was telling my wife this morning. I'm like, I feel like there's like five foods I can eat now. And as bad as that sounds, it's a really good thing because that just means I was eating foods that I shouldn't have been eating because my stomach was used to it. Where now, if I'm not used to something, immediately, you know, it's painful or I have to run to the bathroom or I'm just uncomfortable. So it's, it's a great diet that if you give it 30 days, it will expose some of the faults that you currently have so certainly maybe we will consider that for january and i'll tell you what i like the most about it it's it's hard and i think that's what's cool i think when i do it when i eat carnivore every day and i've not cheated once it just makes me feel like i'm doing something hard that most people aren't willing to do and i think there's a primal thing where you're like if you were a caveman this is what you would have ate and it makes you feel like a little bit tougher than the average person. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I did I did the carnivore uh, month in January and the steak ember. Um, and um, my experience is the same. It, um, it is uh, definitely everything goes away when it comes to your, to your gut and your belly. And you notice, or I mean, now if you've been so strict, you 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 almost probably forgot how it was when you had like bad food because now when I kind of eat something that my body doesn't tolerate that well, uh, I just feel like, I, I mean, this constant kind of, the body's not really feeling good, um, but you don't notice because this is like your normal. And then when you're a couple of days in this kind of more uh, rigid state, then you start to notice like, okay, this is how it should feel. And we just did like a intermittent f a fasting um, month here in, in um, our community. And the same thing there, like no sugars for one month and uh, um, like intermittent fasting. And uh, with these short time, time windows, you really need to eat good food. And you notice like, oh man, I feel so good when I eat just beef and meat and so on but uh if i had one beer it, it is like you know you, you feel them your belly you have to fart all the time it's <laughs> exactly and i'd say that was one of the things i noticed i i don't fart as much i was telling dr paul saladino that and he's like yeah because you're you know you're taking in everything you need i i i rarely fart and i used to be someone that farted all day long <laughs> it's kind of nowhere from CrossFit gyms. It's people squatting and farting. So. Yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've not been worried about that. <laughs> um, no, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, my caveat to that would be for someone who is, has not been eating like a paleo-ish diet before, uh, I think it's you're going to have some uh, problems to adapt uh, at the of beginning. course. So uh, if Anytime I... Anytime you change your diet, you yeah. will. But certainly if you were... The further removed you were from paleo, the more you're going to feel it at first. But I, I would also say, go for it. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I would simply say, if you are coming from mac and cheese and, and, and uh, McDonald's diet, then start with a paleo diet maybe for 10 days and then um, transcend so your body has some time to to um, convert, <laughs> I would say. Um, but yeah, um, to wrap this up, I had some very important questions, <laughs> short questions. Um, I always ask people where they get their drive to do stuff. And uh, I know, Jason, you, you, you've been so productive. We haven't talked about, much about that in this uh, podcast per se, but uh, you've been a very active, very driven in most things you've been doing. So what, what, what is the inner drive? I don't know. I don't know where I get that. I think a lot of it stems from the fact that you know, when I first graduated college, I really wanted to make this fitness thing my life. And it was hard for about seven years, you know, a lot of struggles, a lot of, you know, 
not sure where my next paycheck would come from training dozens of people every day, you know, grinding, grinding, grinding. And part of you, you never really lose that. I don't think it matters how successful you become, but, um, I think, I think it's just, you know, the, the passion for, for this thing, fitness and helping others. And I just always want to continue to grow. And I, I just still love it after all these years. Yeah, because I'm I'm just thinking of something you said uh, regarding uh, if you look back at the CrossFit Albany, which was your first box there, uh, and you had whatever event, and you you were sitting 2 a.m. You have to upload this damn video that it's going to have five views. <laughs> Now, with that being said, I'm a lot smarter at prioritizing. You know, I've learned there's always tomorrow, and Don't worry about these small things when you have bigger things or your wife to worry about, but uh, it'll get done. You know, I, I just, I, I'll always do it. And I, I, I think it's those little things, people you know, bring that up and I remind myself without those little things that I did every single day, I don't know that my gym would have been as successful as it was. Yeah, and this is um, my point is that you need to be driven to do that. You need to care for something like why is it important to to upload a stupid video midnight and why is it so important at that point and you feel stressed like i, I need to do this and uh, i i think you and many other entrepreneurs i would say we you, you lay there like in the you're so tired you you can almost not <laughs> uh you know keep yourself awake but still you need to to make that video or post that shit. Uh. <laughs> I think if you own a box, you do it because you love it and you want to give back to the community that you've created. And that's part of it. Now, could your community wait till the morning? Probably. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what's your favorite book? Other than best hour of their day? Uh, you can pick that if you want to. <laughs> 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 no, obviously I love my book, but um, I would say the book I recommend the most is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. I love that book. Um, it's it, it just really helps people understand, remember, create their why. And for a lot of box owners, when, I, when we start working with them, they've lost that why, they've lost that passion. And this book helps remind them of it. That's probably my favorite my favorite, you know, productivity business development book. Um, another book I, I love reading every day is The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. You know, that's more of just a short passage every day to remind me, you know, focus on what you can control, ignore everything else. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> uh, you're becoming a, a parent now also soon, right? From February. February. All right. Uh, and how, how does that feel? I'm so excited. Yeah. So excited. We're kind of like, when she get here, we just want to hear already, you know, we're, we want to just, you know, move on to the next phase. Yeah. Any nervousity or so? I'm super nervous, but you know, like every parent, we're going to mess it up a little bit, you know, we're going <laughs> to give her some issues. I'm sure just like I have, but, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to do our best. 
to uh, keep her happy, healthy, safe, all the good things. Yeah, no, uh, congrats. I, I hope all goes well. Thank um, you. And um, yeah, last, uh, last important question here is, um, what would you rather prefer? Uh, a fart in a car or a fart under a blanket? <laughs> I don't mind smells. You can give me a fart anywhere. Yeah. Um, I grew yeah. up. I grew up wrestling. My nose is all busted up. I don't smell anything. So, you know, and and I think when you grow up wrestling in the states, you're just so accustomed to fart jokes, fart smells. Now, my wife, on the other hand, you know, when I was farting more often, like I said. I farted in bed, she lost her mind. But for me, <laughs> you can fart on my face, I don't care. <laughs> All right, that's a quote. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all for, for today. Um, I, I hope we can bounce into each other some, someday in the future. Um, and um, also in, maybe in better times uh, where where um both our daughters are here and uh yeah yeah we'll have to we'll have to take notes and compare them yeah when the babies are here that'd be a lot of fun yeah all right um yeah take care man and um yeah thanks for joining uh, the podcast this time it's a huge honor thank you so much that was a lot of fun i appreciate it yeah take care <laughs>